Welcome aboard, Captain. Back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. That would make me your other co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris. How are you? I am okay. Yeah, sorry, I sounded like a robot there, just <laughs> not sure why. <laughs> uh, so we are back. It's Wednesday, and we're talking about Minute 8 of The Voyage Home. Uh, minute eight starts with sunrise on Mount Salea on Vulcan. Uh, I believe that's Mount Salea. Mm. And uh, ends a minute later with Mr. Scott saying, give me one more something. Give give you one more what, Mr. Scott? One more day. I don't even know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've uh, we've uh, switched scenes. That last minute ended uh, perfectly. 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 Yeah. for us yeah and in fact this minute actually starts with the you know the, the soundtrack changes and there's like this little bit of a, a ding and <laughs> uh i keep thinking every time i played the minute i thought i was listening to like my my phone like an alert showing up yep. on my phone i'm like what is that mm. and it's actually part of the score um or it's a wind chime i'm on Soleil. i'm not sure which but yeah so we get uh i get we get some good info here i think we've, we've been wondering up until this point, how much time has elapsed? Right. And Kirk says in it's uh, their third month of their Vulcan exile. Yes. Uh, and I think this answers something else too, Dave, because you were, I think you were talking about it last minute or a couple minutes ago. Does anybody know where they are? Does anybody know where Kirk and company went after they stole the Enterprise? Well, I think they, I think we got kind of got that answer when in the script, well, we 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 in the movie don't know, but I think in the larger we the script it was intended that the Federation does indeed know that they're on Vulcan. Okay, <clears throat> and it's because it, the president the president says he's like, you know, we'll need you to return. Oh right, know, we'll need you to return the crew to so, answer for their crimes. So I think that they know where they are, but in the movie sense, we don't know. I always get confused about exile. And, and I didn't look up the word, I, but I feel like I frequent. I'm, I think I don't know what the word means <laughs> because every time I hear it in a movie, it's always somebody talking about, or in a yeah, it's somebody talking about their exile, but it's right. usually something that they did themselves. Uh, so in this case, the crew of the Enterprise went to Vulcan voluntarily, right. and and didn't return to Earth voluntarily. Voluntarily, yeah. So nobody. The Earth, nobody in Earth, Starfleet didn't send them to uh, to Vulcan as a punishment. They didn't exile them to to Vulcan, right? Well, yeah, I guess. But I mean, he knows that they're in a lot of trouble, right? Um, but, so are they in exile? He says it. Pers- I, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I know what you're. I know what you're. You're, you're stabbing at here, but I don't, I don't. Well, here's the here's the other one. Not to you know, switch shows. So right. so let, let's just let's just take it one step further. So let's say uh, you commit a crime, 
Yep. And it's a heinous crime that you're going to be – you're going to go away for a long time. Okay. And you end up going to, you know, Europe. Are that, you in exile from your country? Did they send me to Europe as a punishment or did I – Well, you uh, escaped. You escaped. I, I escaped. But you can never go back because you'll be charged with that crime. Well, I think that's I think that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at is like well is is that is is that really what exile means? It's it's a, it's a voluntary voluntary left my home. I guess I've always thought of it as something that was imposed on me. So exile, the definition, <laughs> Webster's means <dictionary. laughs> the state of being barred from one's native country, typically for political or punitive reasons. So barred. Or, that's a, that's as a noun, yeah. or as the verb, it says to expel or bar someone from their native country, typically for political or punitive reasons. So, so, so in that right. sense, you're not really barred, but you're never going to come back. So you're barred in the sense that if you do come back, you're in a whole lot of trouble. Okay. Well, I just think about uh, Yoda said it too, right? In the prequel, yeah. the Star Wars prequels, he said, I, into exile on Dagobah, I must go. Right. And and that was the same thing. I'm like, well, he's, so he chose to go to Dagobah. Nobody sent him there. I mean, maybe it was like his only choice to go there. Right. But nobody sent him there as a punch. That's that's where I get I get hung up. Like nobody sent him there as a punch. It's like self-punishment, self. I think there's a different word to use instead of exile. Um, I guess, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sorry, did, you didn't know we were going to be debating the word exile. No, I did. <laughs> I did not know that this is where we were going. Um, um, I had different things in mind, but okay, we can move potato, on. Potato, potato, man. <laughs> Let's move on. I get what you're saying. I Thank get, you. They Thank voluntarily you. have done these things, so you. We think of things like exile because someone forces you to exile. Yeah. Like I'm going to boot you out of America because you are exiled because you, and you can never return. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. All right. All right. Let's get to the meat of this, which we were, <laughs> which is not the word exile, uh, but it is coming right up. It's so Kirk's, you know, uh, third month of exile. And it was Dr. McCoy's fine sense of historical irony. Uh, he decided to name the Klingon bird of prey. Right. Uh, and he named it the HMS bounty. Right. And I have, uh, questions about that because, as we know, the HMS Bounty was the vessel which, um, you know, Captain Bly commands mm -hmm. and uh, Fletcher Christian and crew uh, mutiny on. Yep. And then and then burn and destroy. Yep. I would say, the Enterprise was the Bounty. Oh. Not oh. the Klingon ship. Because they yeah, sure. kill and mutiny on the Enterprise, destroy it as a means of escape, and then steal this other ship. Right. Uh, that's a fantastic point. Uh, I mean, I definitely, I was going in the other direction. You know, okay, mutineers, yeah, they kind of, you know, they disobeyed orders. We've talked about that and stole the Enterprise. and uh, So I was more in that headspace. Um, but that's a really good point. Uh so I don't, I don't. Yeah, I understand the reference, but is really the Vul, the Vul, uh, the Klingon ship here? I think I said Vulcan before. The Klingon ship, uh, really the HMS Bounty. And I know it's nitpicking, but that's what we do here at Star Trek Minute is we nitpick. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you, buddy. Uh, 
I love it. So, I actually, I, I dig it. I, I really dig that point. That's a great point. Um, the other thing that's always bothered me since the time we saw it in the theaters. Yep. Oh, what did they paint with? And how long is that going to last once they take off and go into space? My thinking is that whatever, you know, they just use, you know, uh, glidden paint on this thing. <laughs> right. It ain't going to last long. Is, did that, but did that bother you? You know, or am I, just I ridiculous? hadn't really thought about it until you said it, but yeah, what do they paint with? Yeah. Um, well, clearly they have to paint something because, I mean, how do they get the NCC one seven zero one on the front? That's clearly some sort of. Or those just those are decals. Oh, those are decals. Oh wait, no, that's oh. the, that's the model. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> well, do um, no, we see it in a. I I, I it was uh, in season one of Discovery. There's a. There's a scene where they're, whatever they do, they're repainting. They repaint the, the insignia on the on the on the dish, um, when they switch over into uh, uh, the mirror universe. They have to change it from USS to something else. Right. And uh, and you actually see them repainting it, but I don't know how they do it. It's not Glidden. Mm. Yeah, clearly it's not Glidden. <laughs> right. Could they be using those? Uh... You know those rays that they're carrying around to, uh, you know, hook up to the line. Like that, you see if you see the HMS Bounty, you see the top of the Vulcan hat, and you see he's like he's like got some sort of device that's going up and down the line that's clearly doing nothing. And um, maybe those are how they painted the, you know, they're like mini replicators that's replicating the paint right on the, on the side. Oh, so I see where you want to go now. You're just opening the door for all the Vulcans in the background. <laughs> So, do we need to talk about the hats? We do need to talk about the hats. Are uh, we in Santa's village? Well, I, I I did say, if you'll remember, in either minute one or two, we're in Star Trek: The Christmas Movie here. Uh, <laughs> so this fits right in. Um, I, I, they look like they look they're like, elves. Yeah. I. I I'm guessing, and this is you know bad trekking on me. I'm guessing we've seen this before. This had to, these hats had to have appeared in the original series. Uh, I'm guessing when you know Spock went back to Vulcan for Ponfar, somebody's got to be wearing those hats, right? This can't be the first time. I don't remember even seeing them in the motion picture when when Spock is doing um, the colon R, yeah. and you know he stops getting the the necklace, and I don't even remember them wearing the hats then. Yeah, and I, I know there was only a small group of them. The the reason I say it is like there's no way this is the first time we're seeing them, and especially in this context of everybody's outside, it's like a not a formal, uh, you know, not a formal occasion like the Colonar. And is like this is just is this just the Vulcan version of baseball hats or construction helmets? <laughs> I like I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Their construction hats. Um, It'd be funny if they were bright yellow. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, what do you, What do you think of them then? I think I, I think I get what What do you think of them? Is it silly? I think they look a little silly. Uh, what they make me think of is um, is uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. The first Harry Potter when they're wearing the black hats and you never see them once ever again in the series. They're wearing like the little 
basically wearing the black pointed hats at the end of the movie, and they all throw them up in the air for that one scene, and that's the only reason they do it is because they throw them all up in the air, and you never see them again. Interesting. But looking back at um, last – the last movie, Search for Spock, mm-hmm. they do wear these hats. Um, in particular, I'm looking at minute uh, 96, and there's a scene where the procession is leaving the, the altar, yep. and there are different colors. So there's one of the maidens is wearing a white hat, and then there's a, like a dark red hat, and some of them have different things on them, like uh, you know extra you know veils on them. So... Mm-hmm. Mm, I guess it's a thing, but I don't think we necessarily noticed it because it wasn't like everyone was wearing one. Now everyone's wearing one. Has right. become the hot, you know, item for Christmas now. You know, everyone's got to have a Vulcan hat. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I don't. I don't. At least in this context, I don't like it because it, it just. I feel like it just. Um, it takes away from the the Vulcan mystique. A little. I. Again, I, I, that's exactly how I think I would put it because I, I, I agree with you because I think we think of Vulcans as, you know, they're highly intellectual. They're revered. Did they look in the mirror when they put that hat on? Do they realize how silly they look? Right. And then you, you know there's got to be – I'm looking in the crowd. There's got to be uh, one who's got it – he's wearing it backwards, right? Like a, like a punk. <laughs> um, but there's different kinds like uh, – so – most of them sort of come up and over, like it's like it's a little curved, almost like a Smurf hat. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Don't say that. That's all I'm gonna think of now. And then there's, uh, you know, if you fast forward a little bit, then there's the kind of guys that have, that it's not quite a fez, mm-hmm. but it's like it's like straight up. Yep. It's not like it doesn't have the curve. It just is a straight up. So I, I'm wondering if those denote rank, maybe like the grunts have the Smurf hats and the. Uh, the managers have the 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 fezes. The managers, um, well, supervisors. This, this sounds like a great project for the Star Trek Minute interns to uh, <laughs> figure out what ranks are denoted by the hat shape. Well, there's also different styles. Like some of them have gold bands, some of them have black bands. Like I'm telling you, there's some hierarchy here in terms of who's wearing a hat. Uh, it, it's a good theory. I, I I'm I. I I will not uh, try to discredit it. The other thing I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, um, and I'm not trying to poo-poo this whole minute, but mm. uh, the other thing, uh, I'm not a fan of seeing Vulcans doing work, Do, doing work, doing things. <laughs> Which I know it's just, you know, it's they, they can't all just be, you know, monks up on up on Mount Slea, you know, uh, thinking about logic all the time, right? They've got a society to run. So you're going to have, you know, Vulcan trash collectors and you're going to have all that, but I, I don't need to see it. So it's spoiling the mystique. It's totally spoiling the mystique. So, yeah. So we're seeing average Vulcans doing average labor jobs and we really don't want to see him. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're close to seeing the, you know, the guy who's throwing the luggage onto the ship, right? We're just about... <laughs> Just about I think there. you actually see that guy. <laughs> I literally think you see one of the guys carrying like a jug or like a big like suitcase item onto the ship. Um, yeah, you're yeah, right. Towards like... that, towards the end of the minute, like almost, almost second fifty-eight, you see a guy, and it looks like he's carrying a black bag. Yeah, I see it. You're right. 
And I think too, right? The, the when you first get the the uh, we skipped over it, but um, about ten seconds in, when you see the it's a it's a matte painting. It's a it's a of of the bird of prey. Yeah. Um, again, with you know, it's the the scales. Every time you see the bird of prey, it's, it like seems to be at some different scale. <laughs> um, but there's there's Vulcans uh, walking, uh, walking things up the ramp, which you know looks like. You know, a big cooler. I don't know what I got, but uh, um, yeah. yeah. Now, yeah, you you said scale again, and I know we've we've talked about it before. And here, you see the Vulcans, you know, going in the the back of the ship, and you know, I'm looking at where I'm presumably the bridges, which is the you know the ball in the front there, the you know the yeah the head the head. Um, I just doesn't you know based on what we see later in the movie like how big that bridge is I just it, it the, the scale looks off here mm-hmm. and maybe it's just perspective and the, you know mind playing tricks and stuff like that but it, it just doesn't look big enough it looks too small yeah yeah I'm not gonna I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you man because like I said every time we see it it's different um, right I was also getting thrown by uh, uh, whatever they are they they appear frequently in this minute there's just these big brown cylinders uh, yes. in the background and i keep you know they look like you know generators and i'm like well those can't be part of the ship right because those just look like you know mechanical machines they don't look like right. anything out of science fiction uh, so i don't know what those are supposed to be maybe they're just uh maybe it's a parking brake or something <laughs> it's a boot. I, yeah, I find funny also that we see like what five guys in the matte painting shot, and they're all in the back. But as yep. soon as it clicks over to a close-up shot, there's like thirty thousand Vulcans <laughs> running around, and like where do they come from? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite doesn't quite match up. Um, um, I mean, the matte painting is great. It looks fantastic. Um, they did a great job of integrating it into the scene, uh, especially with them walking into the ship. I think that all looks fantastic. It does. The, look, yep. the quote special effect here, I think, looks really good. It looks believable. Yeah. But I think like, you know, the size and the proportions look off. So, um, this was all. I guess this was shot. Uh, <clears throat> this was shot uh, on the Paramount lot. Uh, so this is uh, Shatner on the uh, mm. on the the commentary track was uh, was just you know trying to describe like how they hid you know all the all the things that shouldn't be seen in the background. So I'm assuming it's, you know it's on the you know the, the downtown Wild West uh, street or something that's hidden by all of the different um, you know Vulcan signs and stuff that are sitting in the background. They've they've done a good job um, making it look like right. Uh, it's it's parked on Vulcan. Yeah. Um, all right. What else? Uh, what else don't I like about this minute? <laughs> Sorry, that's what I feel I mean, like all we've been doing. It, I mean, it's it's a basic minute. I mean, we see a lot of things. I mean, the the minute the the crux of the minute is for Kirk to give us the background, what's been going on, and then it's basically, you know, uh, him saying, you know, Doctor McCoy, I sir, you know, and he goes through the list, and then he basically says, you know, let it be known that we've discussed it. We're going to head back to face our consequences. Um, and, you know, thank you all. Like, that's literally the dialogue in this minute. Most of everything else that happens is the stuff we're nitpicking. Right. 
uh, I guess we, uh, I need, I need to, I need to talk about it, Dave. I need to. And again, it's going to okay. sound like I'm picking, uh, their outfits. Um, so they've been on Vulcan for three months. Um, they're all wearing the same clothing that they were wearing at the end of search for Spock. Mm-hmm. It was all the escape from earth outfits that they were wearing. Right. So have they been wearing these clothes for three months? Or they look, they or look pretty they, clean. Or did they change into them as they're traveling clothes and they're heading home? Um, that's a really good question, man. I don't have an answer because they look pretty clean and pressed. Like you look at Uhura's, oh yeah, uh, her outfit. Yeah, it's like looks pristine. Cr- looks crisp. I mean, it looks like she just pulled it out of the closet and just put it on. So they either, yes, to your point, took off their clothes, put on Vulcan attire for three months, and then are heading back. And, you know, it's almost like a Brewster's Millions. He walks in with his uh, baseball outfit, you know, his baseball shirt, hat, and jeans, and, you know, rents these expensive clothes for the 30 days. And then at the end, hanging on the rack is his old, you know, raggedy clothes. Was this the same sort of thing? Like the Vulcans lent them. For third, you know, for three months they lent them their clothes, and then uh, hanging on the hanger in their in their in their closet is just their uniform, and they have to go back in that uniform, all pressed and clean, and it looks nice. Yeah, yeah. I think they. I think I gotta. I'm gonna take that back a little bit because I don't think Chekhov is wearing the little Lord Fauntleroy. <clears throat> he's not. He's not. He looks like he's. Little cool well, he's got the yeah, he's got the he's got the leather pants with the leather coat and the uh, mock turtleneck. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, definitely is an improvement. Agreed. Yeah, it's too bad they couldn't have done this in the last film. Uh, do you but think? I, oh, go but ahead. But I totally agree with you. I, 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 I mean, it's a new movie. They could have sprung for. And is this a larger thing of, you know, people wearing the same clothes? Like, do we even think in Star Wars like? We watch that movie and how long they're traveling. No one changes their clothes <laughs> until, like in the original, you know, New Hope, until the very end. Even Han Solo looks a little cleaner, right. but Luke puts on a new outfit. And then in the next movie, they're wearing the same clothes through the entire movie, you know, that. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's a larger thing. It's like, is that just for the sake of, like, back then did, hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I'm just wondering, like, are we? It's us pointing out the cheapness of the filmmakers, like, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's just, maybe that's time. it. Yeah, they're just wearing the same outfits. <laughs> uh, but I needed to ask though. So if if they did indeed just change back in their traveling clothes because they're getting ready to leave, and uh, for the three months of Vulcan, they've been wearing mm-hmm. Vulcan clothing. Do you think they were wearing the hats? <laughs> And, and what would you give to see that? Um, yeah, I would totally. Um, yeah, I would totally see that. I would love to see that. Um, all right, I had a I, uh, one thing we I have not done a good job on, um, like consistently. I think in 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 in, in the podcast is. Uh, at least for Search for Spock, I should say. For Search, I keep forgetting to comment on the music in the scenes, um, and uh, so I just made a point. There's there's only there's only 
music in like the first half of this minute. Um, yeah. It's kind of the introductory music music when we see Vulcan and hear Kirk um, doing his captain's log. It's pretty good. Um, it, it, it's a little kind of creepy. It, it reminds me a little bit of those um, those kind of creepy moments on Tatooine when R2-D2 is uh, roaming around on his own just before he gets picked yep. up by the Jawas. So it's just... just uh, I think it fits. I think Vulcan is, you know, mysterious. Not necessarily creepy, but you know, it's a mysterious world, and it 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 it, it worked well for me. Um, I don't know what you thought or if you noticed. It didn't. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. There's there's plenty more great music to comment on throughout this film. So anyway, that was my yes. la- that that was my last note. How about how about you? No, I'm good. I you think good. I got everything out that I wanted to get out. You got it all out. Got it all off your chest. I did. All off my chest. Just a reminder to everybody listening, we do love Star Trek. We do, and and I love this movie. Like this is one of my favorite Star Trek movies. Um so yeah, I mean Even though we were teasing. We yes. tease because we love. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, and uh, we'll be back on Friday. And uh, in the meantime, if you're you're you want to talk about talk about Vulcan hats and and, and whatnot, um, uh, why don't you join us over on Facebook? And uh, if you haven't already, join the uh, Star Trek Minute Listener Federation. Um, and uh, yeah, you can you can we can chat about the this movie or anything else that's going on in in Star Trek land these days. Um, and uh, uh, we like to get on and interact with everybody, so I'd love to hear from you. And um, we're going to be back on Friday talking about Minute 9 of Star Trek IV The Voyage Home here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye. Goodbye.